They turned the Max Milk in East City into a Circle K now. Yeah. Isn't that bullshit? They're the one that is up by the, like, the across from the hotel. That's a Circle K. The one over here, that's a Circle K. And I still say, um, like, hey, I'm going to go get something in Max. Like, I'm not going to call it Circle K. Yeah, it's going to be like the Sky Dome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, um, I don't know. I just have more allegiance to an owl than I do to the letter K. I have a vague memory of it being a cat when I it was a kid. Definitely was. It was yeah. a Scottish cat. Yeah, it was a Scottish cat. You could, yeah, it had a, a Scottish hat. I don't know what you call them. Uh, a lock. Hmm. The only <laughs> Scottish cat I can think of is a, a Scottish fold. That's a cat, right? Is I, it a Scottish fold? fold? Yeah, they got ears that fold. Their ears are always folded. Oh, yeah. That's probably what that is then. Yeah, but like they're not plaid. <laughs> I don't know if the hat was plaid. Was it a tartan hat that it was wearing? I think it, it wasn't colored, but it was uh, patterned. It had lines in it to uh, uh, imitate the plaid, I guess. Okay. To suggest plaid. Anyways, way more behind that than anything. Monster Manual Mash. That was an unscheduled cold open. <laughs> the rest of this podcast will be about something that we have advertised, which is the talking about of monsters in the Monster Manual, going through every single letter and describing the origins of each creature in myth and media and ways to do it differently and how, what we think about it. And that's it. Yeah, and how you can how you can uh, use them creatively in your adventures if you're making adventures, all that with stuff. Although what I've learned from listening to people who have mentioned that they listen to the podcast, mostly either don't play D anD D at all, or are not running games; they're playing games, right? And they don't have monster manuals, and they don't. They're not intending on like using what we come up with in their games. They're just like listening to the the things behind the curtain, the veil of of dungeon mastery. Yeah, yeah. Watching the I was gonna I, I was I was I was gonna like try to try to try to make a like a Wizard of Oz behind the, the curtain thing, but that's that's what that phrase <laughs> that <laughs> is literally is referring to, or that's what that scene that is that, that scene is to, to yeah. watch the Wizard of Oz make the sausage. <laughs> you might say. <laughs> What's what's the monster today? It is one I've never seen or used in the game, and I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce. Bahir? I would say Bahir. Bahir. Yeah. Let's say that. Um, what does it look like? Uh, well, it looks like a, a, a snake with 12 laid legs and kind of a dragon head. Yes, that is exactly what it is yeah. like. And its face actually looks a little bit like a gulper eel's face. A what eel? A, a gulper eel. They're deep sea eels with like... 
really huge mouths, but their eyes are pretty far ahead, and their mouth goes a lot back farther than their eyes. That's what it does in the picture here, right? And they're 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 that way so that they can swallow things uh, that are like you looking at it. It's like that's it can't swallow that whole thing. It's way bigger than the oh, those are famous swallow. last words. Yeah, but it's uh, it's its mouth expands a lot. I and can't it's, swallow me. <laughs> its its belly is kind of elastic, and so it just kind of like opens it up, mouth up, like real wide, real fast, and it pulls the water in, and then you're just inside oh, like of a the vacuum. Seal. Yeah, that's a good yeah. trick. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of whales do their hunting too. Sometimes you see them like puff up to get a bunch of like water, and then they blow the water out through the baleen, and then they lick the inside of the baleen to get all the krill. These are all, I think, uh, already better than <laughs> what I think the Bahir does. So let's talk about it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's blue. It's mostly blue. It is serpentine with legs, so it's kind of like a centipede. Mm-hmm. Not not like a centipede. I'll get to the description in the book later because yeah. it's yeah. But it is a huge monstrosity. So it's one of the biggest things we've covered so far. And the huge is like what fifteen feet across, fifteen feet long, roughly. So it takes up an area fifteen by fifteen. Yeah. That's pretty huge. Armor class is high, 17, so it's hard to hit with natural armor. Bag of hit points. Yeah. Um, goes pretty quickly, too. Yeah, real fast. Faster when it's moving on its belly. Because yes. it says here, it, yes. can, it can tuck its legs to its side and slither like a snake. And then it pulls its legs out to climb, because it's also good at climbing. Which I will I will give is pretty cool. Yeah. That is uh, cinematic. I can imagine that being uh, rendered in horrible CG. Mm-hmm. But the action of the legs expanding or uh, uh, retracting and flicking out when it wants to use them to climb is pretty yeah, good. Yeah. But that's hard to... Uh, I can imagine it slithering after you and then pulling its legs out and kind of skidding to a stop and then clamoring after you once it gets to difficult. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. That would be like an action scene. Totally an action yeah. scene. There's not... Yeah, there's not much psychological horror behind this one. It is... First of all, snakes. We've talked about snakes and lizards. We hate mm-hmm. them. Human beings hate them instinctually, I think, instinctively. Yeah. Very strong, plus six strength, stronger than any humanoid creature is allowed to be normally. Yeah. Like a level 20 barbarian. Like yeah. the, 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 like the baddest ass barbarian can get up there, but that's like the king of all barbarians, you know? That's like an attainable, <laughs> attainable metric. Really. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's abnormally strong, yeah. dexterous tough high constitution has an intelligence of seven and it is suggested so it has a language it speaks draconic right yeah so it has an intelligence which means it is you can play it Mm semi-intelligently and there's even a little sidebar on the side with a quote from one Mm -hmm. uh do you um, want to read that yeah yeah um uh i've already eaten three giant bats six troglodytes and a mind flayer today but that's okay. Plenty of room in my belly for you and your friends. Spoken by uh, Lud the Bahir, confronting adventurers in the lost caverns of Tsojkanth. <laughs> when you make fantasy locations, you should have to speak it out loud first to see yeah. how ridiculous it sounds. Yeah. Make sure you cluster a lot of consonants together. Jam a lot of consonants. Yeah. Is there an apostrophe there? Uh, no? no, there's no apostrophes okay. or, or, or any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that little quote makes, it kind of makes it seem dumb to me anyways. First of all, I don't think of Bahir, this like lizard, uh, this eel snake with legs. It knows what a troglodyte is called and it knows what a mind flare is called. Wouldn't it just call them like, like ugly, 
ugly guy yeah. and the squid face. Yeah. Those are the things I ate. Like, it doesn't have a book. It doesn't have the monster manual to know what mm-hmm. things are called. And, like, would it say that's okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like... What is this quote, exactly? In my mind, like, the draconic language is going to be very, like, kind of formal and grandiose. Right. I, I don't see, like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's yeah. not really in their, their uh, <laughs> dialect. Yeah. It's not something they would say. And it's weird to have it written, something, a quote in English or common. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then have them only speak draconic, which is so. Then this particular guy learned enough common to say this. For yeah. Some or um, the adventurers uh, who fought it and either ran away or killed it, uh, like recorded the draconic that it was speaking, and then had and it translated, translated it later. Or they happened to like be be like fancy pantses who can speak draconic. Mm-hmm. And then translated themselves. I think yeah. this is an interesting, totally not related to the here in particular, but a, a cool thing you could do is uh, there's lots of language playing around with in games, but mm-hmm. not a lot of translation to play with. Yeah. A lot of like, you should have a lot of poorly translated things going back and forth between all the various people that speak different languages because there's so many. You may as well like have as much fun with it as you can. Yeah. I've um I I've never like done this in any of the games that I've played, but I've uh I've I've known of people using French as a stand-in for elvish. <laughs> and so when something oh, is elvish, they speak French and the elves all speak in a French accent and that's what like, you know, common it maybe we can just like say it's English, but it's whatever language, you know, like if if you were if you were to actually go and look at this world in your mind's theater it's not necessarily just straight up going to be english so I like think, why not have the elvish God. be french that's yeah okay that's not a bad idea but also tolkien would shit himself i think <laughs> that's true yeah yeah <laughs> he, he uh being a big fan of the norse and i think uh, elvish is based much uh muchly on finnish mm, yeah um and i think i just imagine for anyone living uh, about a hundred years ago in England, having anything to do with the French is like just not something you do. So sorry about that. I'm sure I'll find out from Emily later what the deal with Tolkien and f- French people was. But that, that is a cool idea. Yeah. Um, where were we? We're looking down this guy. He has two skills, in particular perception and stealth, which makes sense. He's a slithery, looks yeah. prob- probably like an ambush predator kind yeah. of guy. Yeah, I think it, it, it kind of mentions more or less that he's an yeah. ambush predator. Yeah. Dark vision, can see in the dark. Yeah. Very uh, 11 challenge rating, so tough enough. Mm-hmm. Makes two attacks. He bites and then constricts. Uh, the bite is just a straight up bite, and the constrict um, is pretty heavy. Yeah. But the bite doesn't help the constriction. No, he can just like bite you, and that's its own yeah. thing. But then when, once he's constricted you, then he can swallow you. Right. Yeah. And then that's where I think, I don't know, uh, uh, if there's any like psychological primal fear associated with this thing, it's, 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 it's being swallowed, swallowed by a snake yeah. or an eel. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know if there's any like evolutionary psych- psychological reason why like were our like recent ancestors like frequently swallowed whole by enough <laughs> things for that to like have an evolutionary basis. I'm, it must have happened more than once. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably happened a couple of times. Also, I don't know. Evolutionary psychology is weird because it's like treated like a science, but it's not really falsifiable. You can't really prove any of your things Yeah, exactly. Wrong. It's all speculation. Yeah. And so. But I'd believe it. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to be swallowed whole by something. No, it's easy to imagine. Yeah. Um, mm. It also can breed lightning at you. 
Yeah, this is the main the main thing with this yeah. guy is he shoots a line of lightning and it does on average sixty six damage, which is a lot. Yeah, it is a ton. <clears throat> and because they're like tunnel creatures mm-hmm. that go around in tunnels, you're probably going to be fighting it in a narrow space. So yeah, that's the classic the... Uh, five feet wide corridor. Yeah, and it is serpentine, so that's what it likes. Mm-hmm. So that's the way to do it. Um, so that's all on the stat block. So now you got mm-hmm. an idea of what this thing kind of does. None of the attacks are kind of related to each other. Like, there's no setup for it to do something. Yeah. Like, well, there's the constrict and then swallow. Constrict and swallow, yeah. yes. But there's no... Uh, it doesn't have anything to like pin you and then do that or to like corner you and do that. You just, you just have to jump out, try to constrict, and then bite. Yeah. But it also mentions in the descriptions that it is known for going uh, dormant after swallowing something. Mm-hmm. So the way to do that in the game is to have it try to eat somebody and then it eats them and then it leaves. So then the rest of the party has to make a decision. Do they follow the Bahir yeah. into a dark tunnel or do they just say goodbye to uh, uh, Chimpy, their favorite henchman or whoever? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's, I, that's a good way to treat it, right? This is this giant snake monster. Giant crocodile centipede pops out of nowhere, eats eats one of you, and then leaves, and then you gotta go. Oh, but you you also like you 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 take damage when you're inside of it, getting digested. Yeah, pretty quickly. So you in don't my, have a lot of time to act. Yeah, in my experience though, with monsters like this, the 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 the, the mechanic, the mm-hmm. swallowing mechanic in this, it gives you a lot of chances to get out. Every turn, I think you get a chance to get out. Um, I think it's hard to actually die from this, I think. Because it also, if it takes 30 damage or more, then it regurgitates you. Mm, yeah, yeah. But it looks like there's no just way to like get out of there without hurting it and making it like puke you up. Right. Yeah. Unless you like, get creative and your DM lets the, the role-playing take its course. Yeah. Which is the best. <laughs> yeah. I turn my uh, uh, bag of holding inside out. Oh, and, yeah. I don't know. Just <laughs> See pour garbage into yeah. his gullet from the I inside. I open up my decanter of endless water and just let it go. Yeah, until it until it has to throw me up. Yeah, I'll, yeah. yeah. Whatever you can. Um, so what 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 does it say about it? What are we doing here? Yeah. Crawls on walls and ceilings. Mm-hmm. Lightning breath. Centipede and crocodile. So it says it looks like a combination centipede and crocodile. Which in if you just told me that it would look way different than the thing on the page yeah. here. Because that's not what really what it looks like. <laughs> I yeah. The centipede and crocodile thing, the like centidial crocopede, yeah. is horrific in my, <laughs> in my mind. Truly horrific, like a, a way more monstrous, like a like a way a way way huger monstrosity. Yes, yeah. huge monstrosity. Uh, yeah. Well, and it's also like that's. I feel like that's kind of missing an opportunity to make like a a really weird like chimera creature it's like a combination monster like mm-hmm. a griffin or a hippogriff or like a whatever you want you know just like combine this thing with this other thing yeah you know like a centipede crocodile that would be that's one yeah because the thing with monsters i think is that you don't want to retread the same space that other monsters take up mm-hmm. in the mind or in myth or whatever what have you so you can have animal combination creatures like the owl bear yeah. which is stupid and ridiculous but still kind of works because it's because it's stupid and ridiculous and then the true chimera which is like 
like three or four things put together. It's a yeah. weird grab bag. Like a, like a dragon, a goat, and a lion, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that. that's like so implausible as to be like <laughs> unique and mythical by itself. Centaur, man, and horse together at last. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but um, the, the crocopede is just like nature telling you to go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's pretty much it's it's just like hey, you know the, the like tiny thing you hate and that large thing you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. What they're 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 one thing now. The tiny thing that's like scares you a lot and yeah. is super gross. Also, mm-hmm. on we're gonna add the oldest predator in the world. Yeah, yeah. There were there were crocodiles that um, were like as large or larger than T Rexes that were ambush predators that hunted like. Large oh, dinosaurs. Yeah. I've seen yeah, a cer- megalodon versus yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, it. Something Sarasuchus is something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but it's just like a like a like a like a um a school bus sized crocodile. <laughs> it's like from uh, uh Lake Placid. Right there, yeah, you go. They're Lake Placids. Lake Placids. Yeah. <laughs> um. The- <laughs> I have never seen Lake Placid. No, neither have I. You gotta I'm do just, a double feature, Lake Placid yeah. and Tremors. I remember seeing like the preview when I was like, 10. Uh, yeah, me too. Like I would have been ten or yeah. something. And uh, yeah, the thing with the giant crocodile and the thing with the Bahir as well is you don't want to step on the foot of dragons. You don't want to go into the same space as dragons because then it makes dragons less special mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think. If you want to do a crocopede, make it like, don't forget the centipede part. Mm-hmm. Make it truly strange and like a weird scavenger that like lurks and uh, doesn't care about treasure. The Bahir is semi-intelligent. Uh, I would make it go the other way because dragons are intelligent. So I'd make it more of a of a typical animalistic monster. Yeah, it just wants to eat you. Just wants to eat you and play up. Forget the draconic to me. Maybe, I don't know, if you wanted to... I don't know why you'd want to speak a language. This is the thing. I don't know what you would do with this thing. Why Why do you have it this way? Yeah. Well, like, uh, we, maybe we should talk about more bits about it because there's, yeah, yeah that important part of its lore. So we talked about uh, it's got a crazy damaging lightning breath. It crawls on walls and ceilings. It folds its legs. It's a cavern predator, so its environment. If you want to make a cool dungeon, it has like hidey holes and tough to reach vertical passageways and things like that but lots of other creatures kind of do that we talked about the ank hag which has tunnels and things like that yeah it's not totally unique what is unique about it is that its its origin story has something to do with being a weapon created by giants to fight dragons in an endless war uh in prehistory <laughs> so yeah storm giants like in a, in a time a time before history had created these monstrosities as like their super weapon to like aid in their war against dragons, right? So I think that's kind of why it, for whatever reason, it speaks draconic, right? Um, is, is to uh, I don't know. I think it should speak giant. It's yeah, it should speak giant. It right? should totally speak giant. Um, and but they're in 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 some ways they're kind of like anti dragon dragons in a way. Like they're, they 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 hide from you underground and they 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 yeah. don't really want treasure. They they only really want to eat you. And like I guess some dragons breed lightning, but yeah, this is the thing that doesn't make any doesn't this doesn't add up to me. Yeah, no, I was I was because like, and even aesthetically, it looks like certain dragons. 
you know exactly it has a lightning yeah. breath it's kind of blue it's a lot like a blue dragon which we'll cover yeah in five years when we get to <laughs> that <laughs> entry we're gonna spend months on the letter d <laughs> but uh before we do that the Bahir is basically like another version of a dragon right yeah it's not very it's not dissimilar and also i don't know how it would fight a dragon nothing really nothing about it really says dragon killer to me like the swallow thing it can only swallow medium creatures or smaller Mm. so it has to i don't even think a wormling is medium maybe it maybe maybe it is but that doesn't even matter like if it fights even a young adult i think the one next up it's going to be large or huge already wes is fact checking which is good um wormlings are medium medium okay so could eat medium wormlings um so and the lightning breath i think like one or two i know the blue one definitely is but like i think one of the other metallic ones is also a lightning shooter so i think they're yeah. immune or at least resistant to lightning so they're not even like uh, uh universal use weapons yeah i don't get it and like a dragon just has to fly around and strafe these guys Right. Right. And like they can only shoot their lightning breath like 20 feet. So right. It's not, you know, and I then guess it has to recharge on a five or six. Yeah. So it's, it can't even do it every round. I mean, you could you could have like Bahir sneaking into dragon nests and eating all the babies and then sneaking out of there because yes. they're, they're stealthy mm-hmm. and they can they just they just pr- really just need like a, a, t- a tunnel big enough for them to fit through. Right. Right. And they can they can sneak. Yeah. Out get them there. into dragon lairs and yeah. go eat eggs and the young dragons. Yeah. So that you could extrapolate that that is how they were used in the war. Yeah. The lightning breath. And then like the lightning thing was just like the giants could only make one kind of breath work or something. Yeah. Well, because it was storm well, giants. Storm giants. Right, right. So right, they're right, like right. lightning is the best. Lightning Everything... is the, <laughs> lightning is the yeah. only thing that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also like it could be like they were created for the purpose of fighting dragons. But like that could have been a really unsuccessful experiment. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. We shouldn't forget that yeah. it might have failed. And then so they had all these bears lying around. So the storm giants just like flushed them down the drain because <laughs> they didn't want to take care of them. Just and then flushed them in the toilet. Now the Underdark is swarming with giant bears. Yeah. That's that's kind of funny. Um, I was also I also thought that if you change them to be more... If you actually made them more draconic, uh, they would be sort of like dragon terminators mm-hmm. who look like dragons. And then if I'm assuming if there's a, a huge war between giants and dragons, because the assumed D&D universe normally is like all the creatures are sort of in their isolated pockets or form small bands and mm-hmm. small alliances and stuff. Um, but back in the day, if there was actually like a city full of dragons or however they organized themselves and you snuck a Bahir into them that just like looked like another dragon. Hey, how how are you doing? Howdy, howdy, everybody. And then ate a bunch of eggs and like ate all the young. Then that would be that would be something. Mm-hmm. And then that's that's like a you know that's like a weird boogeyman to dragon culture is this thing that looks like one of you but it just eats your babies. Yes. Right. Yes. And then the dragons would tell stories <laughs> to their wormlings. Yeah. About the Bahirs. About the Terminator. Yeah. Who the boogeyman? But uh, how do you? make this into your game like how does that that this is all well and fine to talk about yeah so either it's this is just like a fun thing to think about for people that read this book and think about monsters a lot or like what do you do with it if you actually want to use it and make it something that players can interact with well um it says here that uh uh behares uh 
like they always attack the dragons and only like if the dragon's dead or if they like feel like they definitely can't kill this dragon then they'll like retreat and go find their own spot Mm -hmm. but they uh they don't they you or like if a dragon attempts to establish a lair within a few dozen liars of the behar's lair the behar is compelled to kill the dragon and drive it off so um Either you got to kill a dragon or you got to kill a behar. One way to deal with that is to lure them to one another and then just let them duke it out. Right. And, and then and then you have to, as the DM, have to like make a bunch of rolls and make monsters fight each other, which yeah. is fine. That's something that happens once in a while, which is good. So I guess that would be the main event for the behar. That's like the ultimate conclusion of using the behar would be to try and get players mm-hmm. to like put one on the map somewhere and then try to nudge the players to come up with ways to weaponize it for their own means like say there's a mine somewhere and then all the miners keep disappearing and like oh well some kind of centipede crocodile snake monster in the mines oh and you're like whatever you just you that's that's you just you're just getting lost and seeing things but then you go and you realize there's a behair and then uh through some problem solving you lure a dragon to the mine or anywhere within like what is it a dozen miles yeah and then that's and so you got to go okay well we can only we, we 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 can only fight this thing by like appeasing a dragon you go find like a dragon like i don't know maybe like a bronze dragon who'd want to like chat with you for a little bit and you mm-hmm. can be like hey uh i'll do you a favor and if you do me a favor uh just just come to the spot trust <laughs> trust me yeah or deal with this thing right um it because or you could yeah. even have uh you could try to build like a, a fake dragon like yeah. out in the distance, yeah. like a, a, a crappy wooden <laughs> sign of a dragon, and the behir can't quite like make out because it's hard to see in sunlight. Yeah, and it's like what? And then I would also change the uh, I like their they will leave if they think that the dragon can uh, win in a fight against them. But I would just make it like a blind, inescapable rage. They were created to they fight dragons. dragons. So like that's their Terminator program. They can't right? stop. Yeah. I would yeah. make it that they're, they are unable to turn away from a dragon and they have to try and destroy it if they can. So if you make like your crappy little Trojan dragon good enough, resembles the dragon enough then you can have it like run out and like smash it to bits while you go inside and like steal its stuff. <laughs> but it doesn't have any stuff to steal. No, but you could, you could easily You'll lock it out of it. You could easily just say it's got spot. something or like yeah. it's like it's it happens to be in front of something. It's not even it doesn't have things, yeah. but it's like it happens to be in an inconvenient yeah. place and doesn't want to leave. <laughs> I would also make it um, not serpentine. I would make it look like a weasel with twelve legs. So yeah. that you have, um, like we were talking last week about the basilisk versus the weasel, mm-hmm. quite a quite a bit, right? So extending the idea of like a mongoose fighting snakes, there's always this like this weasel guy who's really good at fighting and destroying reptiles and snakes yeah. and stuff, right? So if you make a weapon against the dragons, what better way to do it than make a gigantic weasel with twelve legs that yeah. can, that can also crawl on its stomach <laughs> and shoot lightning out of its face? Yeah, just make a titanic weasel. Just make a titanic weasel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little fur tube. Yeah. And that's and then it's like a burrowing creature, right? Yeah, actually, like but you, this doesn't have a digging speed, but that's that's fine. That, yeah, it doesn't. You, you yeah. don't have to. It, it'd be I think it'd be easy to do and would make more sense and be more thematically appropriate and funnier and just more interesting because there are, are a million reptile looking yeah. monsters 
So why not? And if you're going to make an anti-dragon, yeah. if you want to like take the Bahir and instead of just leaving it as it is, like really kind of follow through on the idea of it being an anti-dragon device of mm-hmm. some sort, like what would an anti-dragon device be? <laughs> it would probably be, uh, I imagine it'd be Mammalian because that's, uh, if like for some reason we've picked reptiles and snakes as like the antithesis of Mammalian life because mm-hmm. we hate them. And... The lightning breath I would just keep because lightning shooting out of a weasel's face is somehow more uh I can I can take that more than I can take another another reptile shooting with lightning out of its face. Yeah. Um it's still gotta have a dozen legs though. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's still, it still, still keep it weird. Yeah, totally. It still folds them up and slows yeah. on its yeah. On its stomach because it's created, right? So it's going to be, it doesn't have to be something that was naturally evolved or even like fantastically evolved to do what it does. Mm-hmm. Storm giants are like, well, it would be great if it could go really fast, but also could climb. So let's make it do these things by <laughs> stealing dragon uh, bio, bio uh, kinetic designs. I'm, <laughs> I like imagining like the, the, the like meeting of the, the the committee of storm giants like workshopping yeah like, this brainstorming is, the exactly ideas. this was the other thing i was kind of thinking about like why this did they come up with other things there's no mention i don't think of any other creature being created by giants this is this is the, the like the entire department the department of giant uh bio warfare yeah was opened and closed based on this project alone. yeah well i mean like so <laughs> This is what they presented to the board. It was like, all right, well, you're losing all your funding because you just made more dragons and you made worse dragons. And you made them speak draconic so we can't even talk to them. Yeah, we can't talk to them. They can only talk to the people we wanted to kill. So they're enemies kill. who they yeah. look like a lot. Yeah. Did you just make another dragon? It's like, well, we put a murder chip in their brain, so they have to kill dragons. Yeah, but you also put like a like a survivalist like to run away. If yeah, you, you also put like chip. they're not really into uh, like... <laughs> they're not lawful evil which would make more sense if something created like golems and other automatons are usually mm-hmm. lawful neutral or something because they have to obey their commands yeah. but behirs are just like they're just doing their thing but they just have an inborn hatred <laughs> which i guess is like for giants that makes the most sense because they're yeah. not like scheming wizards necessarily they're just like well we hate dragons so yeah. let's just make it hate dragons I'm sure that'll be enough. Yeah, but they just created more monsters covered in scales that want to eat everything. Yeah, which is maybe why... Like, I've never heard about this. I I have the extra book, The Volo's Guide to Monsters, and I, mm-hmm. I read it, and I don't remember this in the, in the giant entry. I don't really remember there being... I could be wrong, but I don't remember there being a large thing about giants fighting dragons or what it was about or why this happened or how it ended doesn't seem like anybody won maybe it's different all over the place wes is checking the giant entry for fact checking i will filibuster um <laughs> yeah no i don't see any mention of dragon wars here yeah so i don't know what that would be about it just seems i don't know it makes i prefer being in the past than in the present at least um the idea of i've talked about this before where i don't like all of these monsters talking to each other all the time or dealing with each other and forming these complex ecologies because then it makes each individual less special and it kind of ties your hands. I mean, you know, I guess if you're reading these books, you want some guidance on how to do things and you can use the ideas, but a war between giants and dragons, just like that's, that's a bit much. That's a lot. Yeah. And what were they fighting about? 
who's the who's the better guy yeah fighting over stuff i don't know how much stuff could there have been at that point they just want to i guess do they all hang out on mountains not really some of them do some of them do they're just fighting over mountains. yeah i don't know what are they fighting over mountains they just love mountains yeah i guess they both have superiority complexes so at a certain point they're both like vying for the top yeah right? but you know it's uh yeah make them giant weasels Making them that's, giant that's weasels is one way to go. You can also uh, go full eel. So this is something I also thought about was along the lines of them being anti-dragons is, okay, let's say you keep the lizard uh, reptile part, mm-hmm. snake part at least, right? Yeah. Um, but the dragons have wings because they are the union of the serpent and the bird, which is the worst case scenario for us yeah. human beings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so an anti-dragon, but if you still wanted to keep the reptile-ness of it, you would, instead of going in the air, you go maybe in the water, mm-hmm. right? So I think that might kind of inform the eel-looking aspect That's of true. it. Yeah. I mean, eels are fish, but they're scaly. But they look, you know, you know yeah. like in the in the mind, they're kind of like a snaky yeah. kind of I, thing. I can imagine right? like, like medieval monks classifying them. Totally. As categories of... Yeah, yeah, as a type of snake or something. Yeah. Um, so I looked up the electric eel, which is makes a little bit of sense because yeah. of the lightning shooting. And I found some things that might be interesting. Uh, so as you mentioned, it is not actually, it's not even its own, um, it's not even a true eel. It's just a weird catfish, It's not right? even, yeah. Yeah. It's a strange catfish, which is insane. It belongs to its own order. Which is called the Neotropical Knife Fish Order. <laughs> that that sounds like a like a squad of mercenaries. Doesn't that sound amazing? Yeah. The Neotropical Knife Fish Order. <laughs> Neotropical Knife Fish Order. That is a whole game by itself. Somehow you're either in that order or you want to be in it or yeah. you're up against it or the Bahir is part of the knife yeah. fish the Neotropical Knife Fish Order. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a like a martial knighthood sort of thing, but they're all <laughs> They're all weird. Monsters. Yeah, they're all they're all just based on dragon hate. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have what it takes to join the order of the Neotropical Nightfish? Yeah. Uh, researchers at Yale University and the National Institute of Standards and Technology argue artificial cells could be built that not only replicate the electrical behavior of electric eel cells, but also improve on them. Artificial versions of the eel's electricity generating cells could be developed as a power source for medical implants and other microscopic devices so if you put that into a fantasy world you would have possibly like a standard like go kill this thing and bring it back so i can build a house or whatever out of Mm -hmm. its face yeah here we have like you could have crazy things i think even in the forgotten realms there's like uh they make you can only get a certain spell if you get Bahir blood or something like that, and you write mm. you write it in your your spell book or something like that. Uh, a lightning spell of some sort. You could have a machine that has to be powered by a living Bahir. Yeah, and you have to capture one alive. And you, yeah, and then you just have to show it pictures of dragons. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then it just tries to uh, kill the wall or whatever it is that you're putting in front of. It's you could uh, some kind of like planar sphere, some like planar teleportation device fortress thing and they're like mm-hmm. would you like to see the engine room and it's just a here yeah <laughs> hooked up to a bunch of stuff or uh I, I always like it when it's hooked up to like an individual's life kind of depends on a strange uh device that requires a bizarre fuel yeah so like a king's heart or something is powered only by a Bahir's hatred yeah. for a dragon 
and it's contained somewhere. But as long as it shoots lightning at this bell or something, then the, yeah. the king will continue to live. Yeah. Or the wizard or whatever. <laughs> the electric eel is known for its unusual breeding behavior. In the dry season, a male eel makes a nest from his saliva into which the female lays her eggs. And as many as 3,000 young hatch in one nest. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Saliva nature. nests. Um, not sure how you could do that. You can make the Bahir nest worth a lot of money because in real life, there's a certain bird that lives in caves Yeah, that makes its nest out of saliva and people will pay, I think, thousands of dollars to eat it because that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the weirder and like more endangered and harder to get an animal mm. part is. The more we assume it's tasty and will yeah. will benefit us to eat it somehow. <laughs> uh, these fish, the, elect- the electric eel, have always been sought after by animal collectors, but catching them is difficult because the only reasonable option is to make the eels tired by continually discharging their electricity, <laughs> which is awful. Yeah. Just like scaring a fish so that it uses its um, defensive capabilities so much that it just tires itself out. Uh, I didn't I didn't write anything about it, but um, the way the electric eel works is pretty interesting. It has like three different organs that are all used to generate these electrical pulses. And it's like even if you're a good distance away, it only it only creates the charge for like a few milliseconds. Mm-hmm. But. Um, it's usually not enough to be fatal to a human being because, but it would be if it was sustained, right. but it's not. So it just stuns you really good. Yeah. Um, but even if you're a good distance away in the water, you can, you can feel it. So you can't really get near them if they don't want you to get near them unless you take uh, a great deal of, of caution. And especially in the wild, if you want to try to capture one, like you can't, like even if you wear special gloves, I imagine you're still like waist deep in the Amazon trying to get a bunch so yeah you just have to wait until i imagine it's extremely difficult and i think it would be you could kind of borrow that idea for the bahir so that instead of shooting a line it's just a pulse yeah and it's really difficult to get near yeah yeah like if you get in within like a range of it or Mm -hmm. something or it could like sheath itself in that yeah and i think maybe even if it was um like we were talking with the basilisk make it way smaller yeah. Make it tiny, but then have it this this insane electrical pulse. Yeah. For going near, then that's a whole different adventure, which mm-hmm. is which could be fun. Still give it a giant mouth though, and make it like a combination electric eel gulper eel, so it can still swallow <laughs> you whole, but it's it's just roughly the size of you, but it can just like combination electric yeah. eel, gulper eel, centipede and crocodile and weasel. Yeah. Cover it in fur. Give it twelve legs. Um give it a gulper eel face and like electric eel capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and make it like a regular crocodile sized, but able to swallow you whole. No problem. Did yeah. you know that the uh, Tennessee Aquarium in the United States is home to an, elect- an electric eel that uses its electrical discharges to post from its own Twitter account? <laughs> its name is Miguel Watson. Miguel Watson? Yeah. Eel- and it's it's wired so that... That makes sense. When <laughs> Doesn't it? Uh it's wired to a small computer so that a pre-written a pre-written tweet is sent every time it discharges its, <laughs> its electrical pulse. So anywhere in the world, you can know when this one electric eel is pulsing. Yeah, I tried I tried adding it, but I couldn't find it. So I don't know if that information is up to date or not. But that is a weird piece of life that is happening out there. Yeah, I don't know if you could use that for a game. <laughs> 
every time a Bahir shoots its lightning, something happens somewhere else. I mean, yeah, you could figure out a way to make that work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know why you'd want to, <laughs> but uh, there's probably a way. I just don't know what it is. So uh, I had to really look for some sort of grounding in myth, but I found it. I thought this was just a a, a early D&D fever dream, <laughs> and uh, but it's not. Also, like it, uh, the Bahir appears, it's one of the early monsters, but it's not in the original monster manual. I think it's in one of the reprints, but um, not in not in the original book. So there's not much to compare it to. And I think mm-hmm. it's mostly the same. It even looks mostly the same in different editions. Sometimes it's more lizardy and the scales are harder. Sometimes it's more like this. But in real life, if you look out your window today, this is where this happened. The Scottish Gaelic word beithir, I think is how that is pronounced. I am totally not sure of anything. Again, if you are Scottish Gaelic or know how to pronounce it, tell me. Beithir has been defined variously as serpent or lightning or thunderbolt for some reason. Sometimes also called the Beithir Nim, which means venomous serpent. Uh, could also mean wild beast or could be derived from the Norse for bear, according to some guy. <laughs> Mythology scholar James McCallip. McKillip. I don't know how real any of that is, but... The, there's some interesting stories that are attached to it, which uh, it's I have kind of only like one, maybe like one and a half pages of it, but it's like pretty dense, and I think you could use it all somehow. Seems to be a grab bag, but take what you like from it. The Beithir is described as the largest and most deadly kind of serpent, or as a dragon, but without certain typical draconic features such as wings or fiery breath. It dwells in mountainous caves and quarries, which are what Scots call valleys, because they have to rename everything, because it's Scotland, goddammit. Is equipped with a venomous sting. If a person is stung by the beefier, then he must head for the nearest body of water, such as a river or loch. If we can, if they can reach it before the beefier does, then he is cured. But if the monster reaches it first, then the victim is doomed. <laughs> a foot race, isn't yeah. that a great? <laughs> it bites you, and then you got to race it. It bites you, and you got to race it. <laughs> that is great. That is great. That makes no sense, and will be a perfect surprise thing to tell someone who's just been bitten. Yeah. Um, especially if the beefier is like delightfully into the race. Yeah, it just loves it. What happens if you win? You just you cured. Okay. You're cured. Does it leave you alone? Is it like all right, well played, or just bites you again? And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. Yeah, like what if it, what if it bites you right next to a body of water? Then it's like a, a reflex. Yeah, competition to like so touch can, the water first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But does it know the? I guess it does know the rules if it's got to race you. Maybe it doesn't. It's just following. I, I think it makes instincts. more sense if it does. Yeah, it's just both of you have to wander around, <laughs> and, and whichever one of you happens to get to this. No, I think. Yeah, first. I think in this situation, it's like it, that's what it'll try to do. Yeah. Another cure for the sting is water in which the head of another snake has been placed. So if you just carry okay. a jar of water with a snake head in it, yeah, and then that is a cure. That's which is cool yeah. to have swinging from your belt. Yeah, no, that's 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 a great like I I imagine like that's a excellent like wizard accessory to have. Oh, totally. It's just a snake head, snake head in a jar of water. Yeah, they just like drink from once in a while. Yeah, hey, I mean, like hey, Zorthabob, why do you have yeah. that snake head in the water? It gives me like, dragon hey. energy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't want to. I don't. I'm not very fast. I don't want to have to get into a race. All right. <laughs> Uh, it is said that if a normal snake is killed, then the head must be separated at a proper distance from its body and destroyed. Otherwise, both parts will come together and the snake will return to life as a bathier. Mm. 
Yeah, so just make sure you keep the head separate. What if you what if you did it so that like a a, a Bahir was actually just a dragon's head that was not properly disposed of and then oh, yeah. like, took on its, its other life? And it grows the grows the body out weird and then it, it, it doesn't have like all of the draconic features. Or it was a big centipede crocodile thing. That's like a hermit crab that moves from skull to skull or like shell to shell and then yeah. went into a dragon skull and then the dragon energy took over the, the centipede crocodile and then now it thinks it's this, yeah. it's like this undead, but like half living, half dead thing. I yeah. sound so stoned right no, now. No, no, that's, that's, a, that's a far more interesting origin story than like storm giants made them to fight dragons, but they didn't, didn't design it very well. <laughs> that's a way that's a way better creature that's bizarre why does it like does it have to be something like with a lot of energy like a dragon to, it doesn't to have to be yeah i guess monster? i guess that'd be true it would, wouldn't yeah. have to be it would be, almost be more uh horrific the more mundane the skull is possibly yeah or you could have a whole like a whole nest of them and they have different heads yeah. from different things or maybe it's like a xenomorph and it like takes on the form of whatever it was a parasite, oh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And then, so this is this is it like per, like perverting a dragon's form, and it would like yeah maybe a maybe a behir was actually instead of the the giants creating a race of things, it it cast a it had a spell and like a condition under which a behir could be created, and it could be created from like any combination of creatures. Yeah, and it, it gave them certain anti dragon powers and mm-hmm. like kind of made them gave them like a unified look with enough individuality coming from all of them to like still look different that's cool uh i also like the idea of body parts needing to be far away from each other or they take on lives of their own i think that'd be interesting um like the way to destroy a behir would be to like get it close to its it's the other part of its body somehow Yeah. yeah uh donald alexander mckenzie in scottish folklore and folk life Oh, Clive drew a possible connection between the the beefier and the mythological hag known as the Kalik Bear in a story from Argyll. I think I'm, I feel like I'm just saying like <laughs> Scottish sounding syllables at this point. The uh, Kalik was slain by a hunter who hacked her to pieces, but she returned to life when all her body parts came together again. Mackenzie suggested that the serpent dragon of the lock may be one of her forms. So you could have, if you wanted, you could attach a hag to this whole thing. But I think that, uh, you know, I just leave that alone. I, like, like I said, I don't like combining monsters and making monsters relate to each other too much. So we'll leave hags for the uh, five years from now. <laughs> uh, John Francis Campbell in 1890 recounted a traditional story about a wicked stepmother who was the wife of an Irish king. And she gave the king's son a magic shirt that was a behithier in disguise. <laughs> awesome. It's a weird looking yeah. shirt, man. As long as the great snake remained coiled about his neck, the prince was under his stepmother's enchantment. But he was eventually freed from the behithier with the help of a wise woman. I don't know. The details of that story are probably very strange. But a shirt that's actually a snake. <laughs> Is it like... A very, very long, thin snake that's, like, woven <laughs> is the fabric. It must and be. How else? Yeah. Unless it's, like, a big shawl or, like, here's, like, yeah. a big uh, noodle to wear around. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, like, it's 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 very elastic and it's kind of half swallowing you. 
<laughs> and, and you don't realize it. Yeah. It's... But then it would sort of have to be like one of those like one piece footsie jumpsuits. Yeah. Right. And then it's, it's, it's swollen you yeah. from the ground up. The collar is like a couple teeth sticking out and some eyes. I'm like, oh, that's very decorative. That's neat. That's amazing. But it's, it's actually, it's actually a snake that's swallowing Slowly you. Slowly eating you. But you think it's clothes. Yes. Yeah. It's so cozy. Yeah. That's that's a great, like, almost smothering rug, rug monster, like, completely separate from the behir, is clothes that you put on and you think they're regular clothes, but that's monsters that are swallowing you when you put them on. Yeah. Yeah. So what if a behir was like, what if the giants gave a dragon, like, here is a very pretty amulet, you you wonderful hunk of a dragon, you. And they're like, yes, thank you. I shall wear this. And then the, slowly the amulet starts is just actually eating it somehow or like yeah. i i say amulet because i have a really hard time you know what fuck it it's a shirt it's a the shirt, dragon yeah. put on a shirt yeah but or the... a pair of pants yeah. <laughs> it's a pair of <laughs> the giants tried to give it's a trojan <laughs> pair of pants they tried yeah. to make a dragon wear pants so that the pants would eat the dragon yeah that are actually centipede snakes <laughs> <laughs> or weasels in disguise ridiculous yeah this is ridiculous this isn't that much more ridiculous than like the source material we're riffing off of no i guess not very strange (laughs) i mean uh, it's ridiculous to like for general use a lot of the monsters and the ideas are pretty straight up Mm -hmm. and are kind of middle of the road the word people you like to use is vanilla because you have you've seen it a lot and movies and stuff and and uh the tropes are kind of well worn with like just enough flavor to make it a wizards of the coast D thing but in a game anything goes the games games are so much weirder than anything that you see in the books and i think pants on a dragon weaponized yeah. weaponized pants on a dragon is not too shabby that's yeah what else there's a john gregerson campbell in 1900, provided an account of the Beithir. The big beast of Scanlassel in Islay was one of this kind. It devoured seven horses on its way to Lochindal. A ship was lying at anchor in the loch at the time, and a line of barrels filled with deadly spikes with, and with pieces of flesh laid upon them was placed from the shore to the ship. Tempted by the flesh, the loathly worm made its way out on the barrels and was killed by the spikes and the cannon. I spared everyone uh, my Scottish accent to tell this story of what sounds like a bunch of player characters setting up a trap for a bit here <laughs> and succeeding. Yeah. Put a bunch of spikes in some... Well, that's a... Because the behir is all about swallowing yeah. things, right? So, like, that's a good way to de- trick it into swallowing something. Yeah. Yeah. Put a... Again, the, the wooden... The Trojan dragon. The wooden mm-hmm. dragon sign. Yeah make it look attractive enough and then just load it with gunpowder or something <laughs> not bad right writing in the celtic review in 1908 the folklorist ec watson described the beefier as a venomous and destructive creature and suggested the basis of the legends were founded in the destructive characteristics of lightning and serpents the beefier was said to be sighted on summer nights when lightning strikes occurred so that's why its name means both lightning serpent and thunder yeah which uh, it seems just really, you know what else I hate? <laughs> I don't like snakes. You know what? I don't like lightning either. <laughs> Same guy. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't really give a reason. Because it's the, the electric eel, even if you wanted to say that, it's because they mistook electric eels for like real snakes and like real monsters and stuff. Mistook them for a real monster, yes. Uh, they don't live anywhere in Europe, electric eels. Yeah. They're South American. So 
I don't know why these Scots have this like thunder snake, this lightning snake. Um, I really don't know. I really don't know why they associate lightning and snakes. Yeah, I mean, like I can and the visually, the I can kind of understand like a lightning bolt is it's like yeah, totally serpentine, and it's totally. But yeah. uh, I don't know if that's enough to like really give it mythological legs. Yeah. So it's strange. Like I wonder. I wonder why that is. I don't have a. I don't even have a theory for that. Uh, and I got a lot of theories. <laughs> I even want to say something about uh, driving the snakes from Ireland. It's like was was some of them lightning snakes, and they ended up in Scotland. That's not how that works. <clears throat> yeah. No. I don't know. <laughs> there's a there's a story here that I haven't read yet. I don't know if I should read it, but there's dragons and stuff in it. This will be fun. This is a, a a mountain related to the Beathir that has some stories that happens on it. And it talks about dragons. And I know we said we want to stay away from dragons. I said that anyway. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bad habit of taking over. Uh, but well, actually, what do you what do you think about that when I talk about that? Like, do you are you OK with the, the Beathir being dragony? Well, no, I think you're you. You have a point. You, you tend to like you. You help me see the the value in the a lot of the monsters as presented like you kind of turn me around the abolith yeah a little bit yeah i have a i have a tougher time with this one because like it does look like certain specific like it like it looks it looks like a chinese dragon more than sure anything yeah. else really i yeah. mean i guess like a like a golden dragon is also supposed to do that with like the the sort of like whiskers that it has at least yeah. in the depictions i've seen but like it this looks kind of like the dragon from dragon ball <laughs> to me totally at least exactly. right yeah it's just missing yeah. some like face uh antennas yeah and face fur and stuff like it is pretty dry like if i were just to 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 see this and especially like oh it speaks the dragon language is like this is just a kind of dragon so yeah there's we, we've already got dragons and if you can, added some color it would totally yeah. be dragon ball z and you can you can make dragons more creative than they're like visually different than they're like depicted in here right um so i don't know i i do think that this one needs to be different that, especially because it's on the same page. There's another lizard. There's another blue. There's another like dark blue lizard. The basilisk and the bahir. Uh, like the art of these, and uh, they're they're they're, <laughs> they're, they're facing right. each other. They're facing each other, and they're both. They have blue. multiple legs. Their tails are curled. They even have the same arched like back. In the depictions, in like uh, earlier bahirs, looked like earlier depictions of basilisks as well. Yeah. So why? Why are you doing this? Like yeah. you can you can think of anything. You can do anything you want. The behir mm -hmm. is, is mostly made up. Yeah, I I will say that like given it's like you can make it look however you want, but as long as it's like kind of serpentine mm -hmm. and shoots things in the line and swallows people, um, if you have the right dungeon, that's like a, a like a, a narrow maze, and you have lots of places for it to like pop out and like ambush you, mm -hmm. and like a lot of like steep climbs in the weird like narrow maze like it's it, it terrain that really suits it i could see this being like a really interesting encounter where it like shows up ambushes you picks somebody off goes away for a bit comes back later you can and it's, it's it's hard to like you know it's it's hard to track down like i could see it being like a pretty interesting like thing encounter. you know yeah. i was imagining like, combat wise it could yeah. be pretty interesting yeah but that's be very different than a dragon but there's also like the ankeg already kind of ambushed fights you and you could just give the ankeg the the swallow just like yeah. take forget it to be here give the ankeg all of these stats maybe not the lightning breath and give it more like trap setting yeah uh, environments like i don't i don't i don't know why the be here is 
is here. Mm-hmm. It's fu- it's weird too because like more than really like I think more than any other monster we've covered so far, this one is just like it's a monster. This is the most inexplicable <laughs> kind of shoehorned thing. Yeah, there's definitely I think we've covered some like hilarious ways of redoing it but like i don't really know except like that i guess that would be my take would be anti-dragon make it anti-dragon yeah everything about it is anti-dragon you make it even if you have these narrow tunnels and stuff like if it's isolated it's not currently fighting a dragon and Mm. you you are fighting it as a player character make it make it like throw treasure at you because it hates treasure yeah because it it's the it's it's totally opposite of a dragon yeah loves water doesn't want to fly hates heights yeah is very or maybe uh, like a lot of dragons are mega little maniacal. Make it like really nice. <laughs> yeah, something. totally. Or like really, really like self pitying. Yeah, <laughs> and like that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like the whole time it's it's still trying to eat you, but it's like it's it's down on itself. I'm it's sorry, like Eeyore the whole time. It's yeah. like, Oh, I guess I'll eat you. Really yeah, or make it like, make it have yeah really dark philosophies and make it be really introspective while it's trying to eat you. Yeah. Yeah, it's still like pretty tough, but like it it it, it thinks it's like shitty. <laughs> yeah, or make it give to charity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just all it wants to do is redistribute wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, because even the good dragons like are really they 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 still are greedy. Yeah, yeah, they still like to hoard things. Yeah, even they... if they're <laughs> altruistic in other ways. Yeah, they definitely like they they because the Bahir would have to hate other dra- like good dragons too. I'd imagine, right? Yeah, yeah, it would, true. It would it would have to hate you know like red and silver dragons equally for different yeah. reasons, right? Yeah, um, that's all I got. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have too. I like the um, like I like the direction of making it like a giant terrestrial electric eel. I think that's sure. awesome. That's great. Um, Weasel Bahir is is one of my favorite mm-hmm. ones um take take it up on the centipede crocodile yeah centi- yeah centidile um you could also now it's it has like a like ancient history of being associated with storm giants mm-hmm. but if you i don't know like maybe you got like some real real powerful characters right and you, you need like a hardcore like world ending like it like like encounter or something like you could have some behirs chilling with some like storm giants or maybe you have to go like at whatever level or like have to like oh man we gotta bring this our we've been employed to like be the messengers and bring a message to the storm giant king and you get there and he's sitting in the sweet throne and like hanging out at his feet instead of like i don't know like the dogs you can imagine like hanging out at, yeah like, the throne of like a sweet warrior king it's yeah. got like behirs and so you could have them be like the animal companions of storm giants yeah it'd be um, the hounds yeah the hounds the in storm dogs. giant land um and then so and then the storm giants are just feeding them like whole people that it swallows yeah you know uh but even then that's just like a it's a, it's a neat looking monster and it doesn't really you got you you've, you've got to it puts a lot on you as a storyteller to infuse it with like being interesting it's not inherently super interesting by itself yeah you, you have to you have to pick a direction yeah but yeah, the 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 like Bahir like Venn diagram like intersects like overlaps with so many other monsters that it's yeah that, you know, it, or it's so the many, overlapping yeah. like portion of a lot of different things like it's 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 got it's too much like too many other things yeah exactly you you know what else it looks like Joanna who is the egg eating Komodo dragon from Rescuers Down Under yeah it does <laughs> I knew you I knew you I had know to think that about is. that for a second yeah it totally does. 
Yeah. With the, with the, the, the small, the tiny hands grasping and the wide open mouth. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, it's it, like if you were, if you were the only sensible thing I could see Storm Giants having used like this design of like anti-dragon device mm-hmm. for is like sneaking into their nest and eating yeah. their eggs. So maybe you got to help out a dragon because something's stealing its eggs. Oh yeah, that'd be a good one right? too. And then, so it's just like, this is like a weird pest that the dragon has and it yeah. can't deal with it because it's in this like fucking narrow tunnel and it needs like you puny little ones to go in there and deal with it. And you can have like, I don't know, this tiny sub pile of treasure. If you do that, yeah. it just like, it keeps eating my babies go in there. And if you don't kill it, I'm going to eat you. So yeah. you're just between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> you're between a dragon and a here. And like you, you, you have to like help one monster, like fight another one. And that's like, Seeing it as something that is antagonistic to dragons is like a way to make it interesting, I think. Sure. But yeah. You could copy, you could just watch Rescuers Den Under and copy the plot. Yeah. And and fight Joanna as one of these things. Copy it as closely as you can and see if anybody catches on. <laughs> like quote it, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Change some names slightly. Um, was there, wasn't there a cassowary in that? A what? A cassowary. Those, those, those like, those, uh, those birds. No, I'm thinking of something from. Uh, Fern Gully. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Copy all of those. Mm-hmm. You know the funny thing about Rescuers Den Under, they show a few shots of uh this little boy. Yeah, little boy is like taken hostage by this poacher. Yeah, and his mother is given news of his capture or his disappearance by the police, and there's just a couple scenes of like. There's no words. It's just like a police officer showing up and then yeah. she like is doing dishes and then hangs her head from the news because she's in such grief. And then by the end of the, the movie, the the child is rescued by the, the animals. <laughs> yeah. And there's no... He just like goes off with the animals. There's no like reuniting moment between him and his mother. Like she mm-hmm. thinks... They, they, even br- <laughs> they even bring her his like tattered ba- uh, backpack. Yeah. So she's like, oh, he's dead for sure because this is Australia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and dingo probably they never him. show them reuniting. She <laughs> thinks she like if they made a sequel, like she might still think she might today think that her son is dead. Yeah, she moved on. She accepted it. And now he She's... lives in New York with uh, his like mice uncle. Mm-hmm. I remember the the clearest memory of, of that movie in my head is the I think it's the opening sequence where he's just waking up in the morning and getting dressed and he has a sweet bedroom with a hammock. Yeah. And I thought it was yes. so cool that his bed was a hammock and I wanted Australia. a hammock for a bed real bad. And for some this is really clear in my head. He puts his shoes on before he puts his pants on. <laughs> and that just seemed really illogical Crikey. to me. And like I remember trying to do that. Like this this isn't it's it's different. Everything's backwards. The down rubber there. soles get stuck in- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Australia. <laughs> well, we managed right. to end the begin and end the show on some insane tangents. So that's good. Yeah. At least we have that. The be here, do something else with it. <laughs> Next week, one of my favorites. Uh, we might even have a special guest. I'm not sure. We'll have to uh, make sure that happens. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, you can look forward to the Beholder, one of the most iconic D&D monsters. And um, hopefully we can do it some justice. In the meantime, uh, bye. bye. <laughs>